is it here? Is it that time? Good evening. Welcome to Lost in a Long Box for Wednesday, December 4th. Uh, I am your host, Randall. I have my partners in crime here. Enos. Tommy. And Madman working the boards back there. Did you fix Hello. the camera you just knocked over? No. <laughs> no, he didn't knock it over. He just... It, I it, just moved everything yeah, his, side up. Yeah, his uh, head I'll, I'll cord. In a second. Okay. I got it. Uh, oh, it's, it looks like it's up and running. I mean, I can see them. So... Oh, yeah. Oh, I had it upside down originally. That's why I couldn't get it to stay in there. Right. Yeah, that might be why. I, I was Randy can be a little that. technology challenge sometimes. So. Uh, what's that they said in um, uh, Idiocracy? We seem to be experiencing some technological differences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how was everyone's Thanksgiving? Great. Oh, fantastic. Everybody, fantastic. everybody overeat? No, no. No, actually, I maintained... I'm getting old. <laughs> I can't use much. I, I, I didn't overeat that day, but I was working on leftovers for at least two days. Yeah, turkey and, sandwiches, baby. Believe it. Well, no, we didn't have turkey this year. We uh, we had no? ham because no. the mother-in-law's having the turkey, um, and we got into that thing of you know turkey twice within a month is just a little bit overkill. Yeah. Um. So. Any other news from the weekend? I'm letting Enos pull out his books for show and tell. Yeah, I had a great weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Got to go up to Pennsylvania, see my dad, hang out with some family. Good time. Awesome. By the way, guys, if you are listening live, we do this uh, live on YouTube as well. You're going to want to head and go and watch the stream because we do show off issues from our collections. And Tommy is promising that he's going to break me this week with what he has. Yep, um, I'm going to win. I, I have a sneaking suspicion he did what I think he did, and if he did, that's uh, I'm going to have to... You're probably wrong. Not kick him. I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably wrong. Okay. Um, Enos, you, are you getting this together here, man? Are you sure? You, you, this is radio, man. You have to talk. If you nod head, they don't, oh, yeah. they don't hear the rocks rattling in your head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do it uh, right, Enos. Come on. I don't know. Enos might win you know the here. These are, couple, these are good, and you my table's way over there. Um, news stories, uh, things that we read that we thought were interesting. We weren't here last week, so hopefully you guys found a lot. Um, Tommy, Enos, one of you, if you have one, take it while I grab the table. All right, so we'll start out with um, on ABC at the end of the month, December 20th, 8 o'clock. Um, celebrating Stan Lee is going to be showing up. They're going to be doing a special um, celebrating the life of Stan Lee, so make sure you check that out. When is that? That is on December the 20th at 8 o'clock on ABC. I'm going to make sure I have my DVR ready for That's, that. Uh, yeah, i got to make sure I set it up tonight so I don't, I don't forget that about it. That will be I, I Friday. See that. Friday, that is a Friday, correct. Yep. So. so, yeah, definitely check that out. I'm looking forward to it. And anything else, you guys? Because uh, I got some stuff here we can go over. I just have to you guys it. seen the Black Widow trailer? I haven't seen it yet, but it, I, 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 I have dropped. seen the Black Widow trailer, and I'm lost. I'm, I'm really confused on this. I haven't seen it yet. I've, I've seen pictures of Taskmaster, and I'm 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 kind of a little disappointed. Oh well, I the the problem I have with it is that I thought this was supposed to be a prequel showing us a young um, Black Widow, but it seems to be Scarlett Johansson throughout the entire thing, and yeah. it's current, it's modern day. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I I. I typically don't bother to watch trailers. If it's a movie, I'm pretty certain I'm going to go see. I, I have to admit, I have so. gotten out of the habit of watching trailers because I was tired of not having any surprises when I go to the movie theater. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I hear that Red Guardian's first appearance is now heating up since he's going to be in it. So. Oh. Huh. Okay. Ah, okay. I might want to look at that. Uh, well, did you see, since you're speaking of trailers, the first official trailer for Crisis on Infinite Earths dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched that one. And I got to say, and I hate saying this because I love the CW shows, I wasn't impressed so far. I'm hoping they're going to do it justice. I'm, I am worried about it, though. I I'm thinking that they held, purposely held back a lot of the uh, cameos of all the people they've signed. Mm -hmm. And we know there's a lot. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're not, if you're a comic fan, you, you know there's more than what you saw. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and I think that's a good thing because that gives us a one-up on people who are just casual viewers. I just wish they weren't going to show like the first three or four parts and then stop until January right. to show yeah, that there's going to be a mid-season break. I'm yeah. still not understanding why they're doing that. Yeah. That just doesn't make any sense to because me. Because they're, they're going to do the classic, the the final episode or episode three or whatever, it's going to end on a cliffhanger. Yep. Mm. And you think it'll end with Barry's death? Uh, could be. Or then, Oliver's, because remember, Oliver, Oliver, yeah, they, Oliver's they probably more Oliver's likely. not going to yeah. live at the end of it. So Yeah, that's probably more likely. But I still think the highest rated episode out or, or the one that's going to be the most watched out of all of them is when Kevin Conroy shows up as Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. And they have Bruce, actually shown that he's... Yeah. Um, uh, the Kingdom Come, right. Bruce Wayne. Because he Bruce. shows up talking to... Um, Batwoman. Batwoman, whose name I can't... Uh, Katie. Kate. Kim. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we watched... Um, my The wife and I like that show, so we've been watching that. 
still haven't watched any. I still Warfare. haven't watched it it's yet. It's not a bad show. I got, I got a, a lot show. of my DVR. I got to start cleaning off. Who are you telling, man? You know, I still... you're, you know you're in trouble when you've got it down to less than 25%. <laughs> hey, little man, mine's less than 10. So. Yeah, all those late night Cinemax movies can go. Right. Really, I mean, oh, 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 oh. So anyway, moving on. Oh, 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 oh. See, this is why Enos sits between us, because he, he knows that I would probably slap him across the head. Um, Sean Murphy, who has been uh, having great success with both um, the first White Knight and then White Knight, Curse of the, uh, the Curse of the White Knight, has announced that there is going to be a third volume in the White Knight universe coming, okay. um, probably next year. He, there's no title or anything, but he also did, um, and I think it came out just last week, um, the uh, the White Knight Von Fries issue, which was really good. Okay. So we got to see a different uh, Victor Von Fries in that universe than what we normally have. So if you're a fan of that one, um, good news, more White Knight coming in 2020. Because he even said that's part of his plan is to finish up Curse, i.e. Curse of the White Knight, and then start Volume 3 of, of White Knight. Uh, Wonder Woman 750 um, is coming very soon. I think January 22nd. Um, it's going to be a 96-page extravaganza, as they mm, say. Yeah. Mm. And just like when they did with um, Detective 1000 and Action 1000, they've got the different covers for the different eras. Uh, i got to tell you, I'm going to go broke because I actually linked these on our uh, Lost in a Long Box Facebook. There's going to be a 1940s cover by Joshua Middleton, yep. 1950s cover by Jenny Ferson. But the ones that I really like is the J. Scott Campbell 1960s era, the George Perez 1980s era, Brian Boland's 1990s era, and then there's an Adam Hughes 2000s era. Mm-hmm. And then there's a Jim Lee cover. There's also going to be like an Oliver Coppell, um 1970s era. Have you seen these covers? Not yet. Oh, I'll have to go to our beautiful. website and look at it. I'm sure they're I great. I saw though. that. The only one I've seen yeah, is I'm Alex looking forward Ross to this one. book. Yes. And also, so, and apparently, too, um, the regular cover is going to be by uh, Colleen Doran. Mm. From a distant soul um, fame, so that's probably going to be a really sweet looking cover. Yeah, and I started looking down. I'm like, well, these things are ten dollars a pop. That's like, wow. I'm looking at easily like forty or fifty bucks just for one comic that week. Mm. So yeah, that, that might suck a little bit. And it's also uh, the confirmed writers are going to be so far are Greg Ruck and Gail Simone, who's already had stints mm. on yeah. Wonder Woman. Um, the current series writer Steve Orlando, as long as as well as a bunch of other people like Jesus Marino, Nicola Scott, um, Jeff Loveness, Marguerite Bennett. Um, Joel Joel Jones is doing like the main cover from Cat, you know, Catwoman. Artist. Catwoman, yeah. So I'm gonna go broke when that issue comes out. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, wow. it's, it definitely. I'll have to. I'll probably pick up a couple, couple copies. Of and it. not to be outdone. And, and I went to the website and looked at him, and I can tell you the CGC variants are already all sold out. Art Germ released his cover for Wonder Woman 750, and he's doing three of them. Yeah, from what I saw, you had to buy it as a as a set though for like a hundred dollars. It's well, pretty. There's, but I don't know there's different options. You can, you can buy the trade dress with just a Wonder Woman. If you want the version one without uh, the logo on it, yes, you have to buy the three set. But he's also doing what he did for Detective 1000, where he's got a 1970s version of the, of the book as well. So looks really good. So January 22nd, 2020, guys, Wonder Woman 750 is going to drop. Trust me, you're probably going to want a lot of these covers because they are beautiful. Yeah. And, and I, didn't, I didn't say that about, like, say, the detective or the action. I bought a couple of the different era ones that I really liked. But this one, I'm not kidding. There's easily four or five that I'm just like, i got to have that one. Randy's wallet's going to need to work out. Right, exactly. So um, I thought this was interesting. So... You know, IDW Publishing's been having a lot of success with their Star Trek series. Yes, I've heard. Um, they are going to be putting out Star Trek Picard Countdown. So they are actually doing the official lead-in to the Star Trek Picard show on CBS. Right. Now, normally, that's like, okay, it's another Star Trek comic. Who cares? But my understanding from what I've read is it's being co-written by Kirsten Beyer, who is a veteran of the Star Trek Discovery series and is also one of the creative minds behind Star Trek Picard. Okay. So they're hinting that what we may see in this comic will tie back into Picard itself. Yeah, I'll probably end up re-upping my uh, CBS All Access for that because it's Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. Right. You know, and as a, as a guy that's you know, definitely losing his hair, you know, I need to have a role model to look up to. So well, none he, better than Picard. Oh, he lost a long time ago. Come yeah, on. Yeah. But he still look, was dashingly handsome. 
you aren't going the same route, apparently. No. Uh, so, I'm better looking than Picard. We yeah, that's that. right. Oh, so, oh, 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 damn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not the one who's got his DVR, you know, maxed out with late night uh, Cinemax stuff. So I'm just saying. You know, I never said that's what it was. You just assumed. Right, Anywho, correctly. So John Romita Jr. just finished his Black Label miniseries Superman Year One uh, with Frank Miller and announced that now he plans to destroy, I mean, that he wants to do Wonder <laughs> Woman as well. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he's done some good stuff in the past. He didn't do bad on Thor. He, he's done some no. good stuff in the past. Have you read some of his more recent have stuff? Have you read Superman Year One? No. Yeah, it was horrible. I didn't break my neck buying it. What does that tell you? I got the first issue, but I never read it, so I didn't bother getting the others. After Frank Miller did what he did with All-Star Batman and Robin, I'm not going to break my neck getting too much of his stuff. This was I would say this is almost as bad as All-Star Batman and Robin. Damn. Yeah. Uh, I think in issue two, Superman goes into the army, and he's like secretly running out on, at, at night doing super things. It's, it's just bad. It was unreadable. Oh, wow. And I had the first two issues, and I'm thinking, why did I do this to myself? The first one was bad enough. Why did I give it a second chance? Yeah, I'm glad I didn't give it a chance. I, like I said, I bought the first issue, and then I just, eh, yeah. I think I'm good. But, yep, so anyway, he announced that he wants to do Wonder Woman next, and I was like, oh boy. Yeah, let's skip that. So, Joker! Uh, for those of you who liked the movie, actually want to get a copy of it, or those of you who didn't go to the theater and wanted to wait for it to come release, here it is. December 17th on digital HD and actual on Blu-ray and DVD on January 7th for those uh, oldies like me who like to have a physical copy. Yeah. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. Day after my birthday. Oh, oh, How about that? Oh, oh, oh. Have, uh, have Oscar nods come out yet? Not that I'm aware of. Not, uh, that, I, not that I know, but I'm going to tell you something right now. We were talking about how Joaquin Phoenix um, is pretty appears to have it sewed up for Joker. I have a feeling Tom Hanks is going to give him some major competition with A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, probably, well, yeah, Mr. Rogers' story. But I, I'm yeah. telling you, I, I really think I, gonna, I, I, Joker's got to get a nod on this. Yeah, he's, he's going. oh, there's going to be some nods. And have you also heard that Todd Phillips has said that um, all the questions, one, um, all the questions that were permeated from the Joker movie, was this real, was this what, this, that, or what have you. He said it's all going to come out very soon. Well, um, I think, if I remember reading correctly, they've greenlit a sequel. Right. Yes, yes, they have. So They have. I don't think there was one originally planned, but with as big with a success as it Well, was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it did really. Yeah. Well, what, did, what was it I read a couple weeks ago? Um, and you have to kind of get your, your mind wrapped around this. It's the number one grossing comic book movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is it yeah, that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. surpassed everybody now. Now, now. And think about it. They're even talking like MCU movies. Yeah. Wow. So that's even, a, you know, gone yeah, past it's Endgame a, it's and Infinity War? Wow. And all those. Yeah. It's, it's a billion worldwide, right? That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I read that and I kept trying to, I kept reading an article and kept looking at the numbers, trying to do the math. And I'm thinking, that can't be right. But I've seen at least at three or four sources are all saying that it is now the number one superhero movie. I think it's past Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool was the the number one R rated. R rated, and yeah. now and Joker has just Joker right beat that like like when it first second week. So, yeah. So, right, so there you go, guys. December seventeenth for digital Blu ray or digital hard um, high definition. There we go. And January second for DVD Blu ray. Guy, guys, any more news? It's very. I actually didn't find a lot of things that I was yeah, like. Yeah, I didn't really have a lot. Just like the, the only thing I really have was that Stan Lee story that's coming out. So and you know, just make sure you guys a check reminder for our Verizon wireless customers: if you don't know, um, if being a wireless customer would get you Disney Plus a year for free. Uh, so if you haven't, well worth it. Yeah, it's well definitely worth it. And uh, I was very impressed with the second season of Titans. Oh, I, get, I still I still haven't watched season one. Man, yet. I still I'm haven't gotten you, past Doom Patrol yet. Okay, I'm only on the second episode of the first season. I was satisfied <laughs> with Manu Bennett playing Deathstroke. I was even good with Joe Mangello with the with the stint he did at the very end of Justice League. But I'm telling y'all, Isai Morales really? takes no prisoners, and to me, he's the epitome of Deathstroke. All right. Well, I am going to go check that out now because he was really good in, um, and I'm I don't remember the name. Madman might remember it. 
uh, Jericho, I think yeah. it was. Jericho. Where he was uh, in the army. Remember yeah. Jericho, the small town yeah. in Colorado, and the whole nuclear war happens, yep. and, and he comes up there. And you basically find out that he's keeping this the, the lid on the secret, which is that the government did it to themselves. Yeah. Uh, or that was like a, a war inside. So he was really good in that. Yeah. And everybody knows him from La Bamba. Right. And that's, and that's the first time I'd seen him since La Bamba. I think, yeah. wow, this guy actually got turned into a really good actor. Yeah. Yeah, but did you know a lot of people don't know that he's he's not what you call an overnight sensation. This guy is a journeyman. This guy right. was in Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Oh yeah, he was doing a lot of stuff. Oh, just, a lot, but you know he he was the face, but you just couldn't put the name. I, I was going to say for a long time he was one of those actors where you knew the face and not the name. Right, but but boy, he is really um, making um, some serious strides. But yeah, he if you're a Deathstroke fan. Um, Isai Morales is going to make you very, very satisfied with his betrayal of Deathstroke. Awesome. Well, I am definitely going to make sure I go watch that now, especially since I have a ton of data I have to use up on oh, my yeah. uh, air card. So, all right, it is time to pay some bills. And it looks like you got some ad copy there, so take pay it some away. bills. Tonight's episode of Flashback Comics is brought to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go with it, man. Really go with it. Comics? Tonight's episode of Flashback no, Comics no, no, is brought to you by Lost in Long Flashback Box. Comics now owns my podcast? <laughs> no. Sorry, folks. <laughs> that was a good one, though. All jokes aside, tonight's episode of Lost in the Long Box is brought to you by Flashback Comics, located on 3112 PS Business Drive, just off of Smoketown Road in Woodbridge, Virginia. They have a brand new, they have an array of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., and Sundays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. When you go and visit this grand place, tell Troy, Lost in the Long Box sent you. So, you know what? Keep the, uh, go, go back, keep the camera back where it was. Can you go back there? You know, they say something about the camera adding 10 pounds. They said nothing about it bleeding all the color out because Tommy looks like a freaking zombie. <laughs> Look how pale he is. He's closest to the light. Oh. That's right. Yeah. He can't, we can't really, the, the, we can't really like move the thing anymore. So That's all right. It's got to stay there. Tommy, so. eat brains. That just yeah. means we got to get a makeup uh, person in here. No, I'm to, good. I'll just be white. <laughs> yeah. Start so, rouging no, Tommy no, before no, we start. No. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I just I just happened to look and I saw that. Oh I'm like, my why? God. why is he so pale? All right, so the bills are paid. This is now my favorite segment. What segment oh. is this? Show and tell. Show and tell. That's just right. Just the game we play. When we want to say I love you. That's right. I'm going to go first because mine aren't as impressive because, you know, I'm just showing off these, thir- these 35 cent Batmans Ugh. that are in excellent condition. That are in fantastic, fantastic condition. condition. Batman 297. What a beautiful book. That is a pretty book. Man, you just can't beat Jim Apparel, man. No, you can't. Yeah. That is a pretty, pretty looking book. Beautiful. Look at the size of that dude's hat. Yeah. Uh-huh. One and then, punch from Batman, it's off. It's yep. fine. Not to be outdone, right behind it. I love this cover, too. This is always one of my favorite covers. Batman 298. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful, yeah. Case of the Crimson Coffin. And I just be look at... Uh, Look how beautiful these the corners are, are yeah. and yep. oh yeah, it's like they've never been touched. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm really surprised I didn't sell all these off years ago. Uh, something about me uh, put them right. in these nice uh, mylars Those and put nice in my collection, too, and yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you're probably pretty glad that you didn't sell them. Some. Exactly, mm-hmm. because they, I looked them up. They're all like fifty, sixty dollar books, you know. So. Yeah. Wow. All right, Madman brought in a good one. Um, Madman, normally I save you for last, but I think both Enos and Tommy have got you this week. That's fine. Uh, although this is a, a great cover. I do like this one. Justice League number 97. Neil Adams. <clears throat> Pretty book. Yeah. This one's also a really good condition, too. I was just noticing the cover on this bad boy. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a coloring. Yeah, but age. you know what? A lot of, most of these Silver Age DC and Silver Age Marvel... Uh, they're really, really starting to get to the point, like, any condition you find, you buy. Yeah. 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 Uh, because the diehard collectors that have them in great condition are not coming off of them. Right, right. Oh, dear. oh no. Especially the Green Lantern, the, like the one I had with um, yeah. uh, 
Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Yeah, that eighty-five. Yeah, man. They yeah, no one's off coming that. off that. And and they're also getting to the point. Years ago, um, if you were a comic book collector and, and you were dying, your kids sold off your comics and took it to a comic shop, what have you. Now, with everybody knowing, especially you know, thanks to the MCU and television shows from like DCW, about comic books and comic book history. Now, if your dad was a comic collector and he's got a whole crate of comics or a collection of long boxes, you're keeping them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, hopefully my nephews will keep mine when and you're it's not all even and, and you're not even selling them. You're keeping them for yourself and looking at them and saying, "Wow, this is you know all those movies we've been going to on the weekends. That's, this is where that all started." Um, Enos put in a couple of really nice ones here. Uh, I'm always a fan of the gold key stuff, except for the fact that you can never tell what freaking number they are. Tell me about <laughs> it. Green Hornet. Oh, look at that! Awesome. That's amazing. With uh, yeah, with that with the photo the cover, t- the TV cover. Yep. Yeah. And remember, well, Gold Key did that with a lot of the comics. Yeah, like I think, yeah. uh, like Doctor Kildare, the Doctor Kildare, and the Star Trek. Although the Star yeah. Trek, they did do a lot of actual illustrated covers as well. Mm-hmm. But so we got this Green Hornet, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then he also brought in uh, this one as well. Look at those poses. That's yep. great. That's, That's so money classic. right there. Yeah. It's money. And and for you guys out there who who don't know about. Um, the comics from Gold Key. Case in point, if I hold up this Batman, you can see yeah, the there's a number in the cover. In the cor- number in the corner. <laughs> um, same thing with Scott's Justice League, which I moved over there. It says yeah. Justice League 97. You hold up a Gold Key, no, no, there no. is not a cover o- number on here anywhere. Oh, there's a number all right. It's on the inside. But it's, yeah. No, it's right here on the cover, and you have to know oh, what their printing number. code was to figure that out. Oh, man. Yeah. The only thing that you know is what one it is. Right. If you... If you wanted to know what number of the issue this is, you have to open the book and look at the legal indicia on the inside. And let me tell you what, there's quite a few dealers and comic shows who start getting irate when you start opening every gold key of the series to find out what number it is. Yeah, I can imagine. You literally have to start doing it by the cover, uh, looking at going, do I have this one? I don't know if I have this one. Right. And you know what that inevitably leads to, right? You get home with duplicates. Dupes, yeah. All right. So, Tommy? So, I'd like to say that, you know, this is happening this week because I am one of the most extremely impatient people on the face of this earth, and I could not wait an- another two weeks for it. I have really enjoyed doing this show with you guys over the past year, and this year I had a little extra money, so these comics are not part of my collection. They're part of yours. Merry Christmas. These are your Christmas presents. Oh, really? Yes. Awesome. So we all know Matt Ma- Madman week after week brings in the Silver Age Justice League, so he loves his Justice League stuff, but he is also a subject matter expert when it comes to Archie. So for Madman, we have Archie number 85. Nice. Oh, wow. That's cool. On the cover, so cool. Veronica is angry at Archie and is telling him that she would not kiss him if he was the last boy on earth. Sounds familiar. And Archie is saying, well, since I'm not, how about that kid? <laughs> <laughs> My man, Archie. Thank you very much, man. You're Merry welcome, Christmas. man. I hope you enjoy it. Merry yeah, Christmas. Stick it with the other one. Right. Set that over there with, with, with his. Thank you, Randy. So Enos, as we all know, is a huge fan of the bat. Loves Batman, loves Batman, loves Batman. He's also a big fan of his of his more older heroes, such as the Phantom, the Ghost Who Walks. So for Enos, we have Gold Key's Phantom, number one. Oh my wow. God! I have been looking for that. Wow! What? <laughs> Thanks, that cover, bro. That cover is so awesome. Yeah, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Hang on, my friend. I want to show that. I want to take a look at it and show it on the camera. Also, that's a good camera too. God, wow! That is so. Awesome. I have been looking for that. I'm glad for I got years. that. I was originally looking at like a Batman book for you, and but I didn't know what you have because in your collection. And if you remember, that, a few weeks is, ago when you bought your Phantom on here, and I said, "Do you have number one?" and you said no, I was like, "Bam!" Ah, pretty. Yes, I was like, "Bam!" Is. Thank you. You're welcome, sir. Randy and I have been friends for quite some time. We became friends. We started bowling together, and I found out he was a comic book fan. It was really great to know that I had something in common with at least one person on the team. Um, we've been going to cons with each other for several years now. And I wasn't able to get you the, what, the, what I really wanted, so you're not getting that romantic evening with Tom King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew uh, he was going to It was coming. Up. You but, knew it was coming. But, but this is a book that you looked at at a couple places at the first time we went to Awesome Con and did not pull the trigger on. So I got for you The Joker, number one. Holy crap! Oh, <laughs> oh, my God! I was actually looking at an wow. Ed's cabinet this weekend, too. Oh, dude, thank you. There you go. Ed, boy, wow. <laughs> Now, I'm, now, I got to say this. I'm always good at giving gifts. 
But I be, boy, man, you beat me this time. I got to top. How, how do you top this? That is fantastic. Damn, Tommy, I don't Thanks know what to say. Man, I, I don't know what to say. Man, I'm, that's awesome. I'm embarrassed. That's I, I'm embarrassed, too. Man. I feel like uh, uh, Hot Lips in that episode of MASH when um, she's all high or, or, pat, or drunk on something, and uh, Hawkeye gives her a shot at B12, and she's like, and I didn't get you anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. I wanted to do it on the 18th, which would be our last show before Christmas, but I am so impatient when it comes to giving Christmas gifts Man. that I just was not going to be able to oh, wait any longer. The waiting as long as I have was killing me, so I, it, it had is, to happen tonight. That is awesome. Thank Tommy, bro. thank you very as much. much oh, you're welcome, guys. I have, I've got cards with this cover, with this book on it. Got trading cards with this on it. I, I, I'm, I'm, okay. All right, Tommy. I'm, I'm going to have to. I say he just upped the ending on all of us. Didn't yeah, he, he? did. <laughs> yeah. Patsy Walker, what? I don't think so. Well, there's, there's two books out there that, that him and I both want. There is a Patsy Walker 95 graded right. along with the Journey into Mystery 69 graded. Um, and they're both signed by Stan Lee. And the guy who wants the grand for him. And me and Tommy are both like... We both know the importance of this book, but we also both know he's asking too much. Yep. Um, but when he said he had something special, and I was like, you bastard, you went and bought him, didn't you? <laughs> no, no, I did not. And this is why I wouldn't let you guys see him tonight, because I wanted to make sure it was a good surprise for you. Well, it was an awesome surprise. A surprise? That's an understatement, broski. Yep, I'm glad you guys like him. I hope you enjoy him. Th- th- I'm not kidding, because our friend Ed over here at Gateway had a big uh, Black Friday sale. Yes, he did. And, and unfortunately, I missed it because I was in Pennsylvania. And he has a bunch of Jokers in the case. And I just looked at Joker number one again, like Saturday when I was Damn. over there. Yeah. I, I got, I got, dot, um, I went and got, I found the third Marvel, um, remember Marvel had a three-issued um, miniseries with the Phantom? Right. I found number three. Okay. For a buck. Nice. Yeah, I had, what I ended up getting was uh, I get those um, those uh, DC Cover Girls miniature bust things. So I had like one of Power Girl and I have um, Phantom Lady and Mary Marvel. He had um, one for Poison Ivy that I added to my collection. Nice. And then I bought uh, the wife a Hello Kitty Funko Pop. Even though I hate Funko Pops to death, she loves Hello Kitty. I'm thinking, and I've been trying to find her one for like several shows now, I think. So I'll get you that. All right. So tonight's subject, guys. Back in the day, the comic publishers, we just lost camera because yeah, I just froze. It's like, yeah. Uh, the podcast is still going. We okay. just lost video. I'll just let you know. I'm glad it didn't go out during the show until. But back in the day, your comic book publishers were pretty much DC and Marvel. Mm-hmm. They dominated the market. They owned it. You had guys like Harvey and Archie and, and Dell. They, they primarily did children's books. Harvey and Dell did like the Little Lulus, the Richie Riches, Casper. And Archie, of course, did Archie books. And then for a while, you had Charlton Comics, who also tried their hand at original superheroes. But in all honesty, I, I never really liked the art style of Charlton. They just they felt kind of like amateur hour. Like yeah. it was a lot of beginning artists. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. They did have some giants. Like Steve Ditko did work for them for a while. Yeah, he did. Um, um, the, he did the question. Right. But back in the day, the term was called independence or indie books. And it was basically uh, small publishers. They didn't have a lot of a big market. You usually had to go tell your comic shop, hey, do you have this indie book? And they'd be like, who, what? And you couldn't just go to Diamond like you can and order it. You had to go hunting for this retailer or this publisher to find your books. And there was no internet then either. Remember that? You had to, nope. go, mm-hmm. you oh, had yeah. to go looking in Comic Review Magazine or something to find a listing for them and an yep. address. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because the phrase indie books has radically changed in the last 15 years alone. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, and so tonight, we're going to be covering those great indie books that are not Marvel and DC, but are really hot properties that you guys should be reading. We're going to bo- do both old and new stuff, um, if we can. And I also want to let you guys know ahead of time, this will probably be image heavy, because image has really transformed themselves since they first started and I've been telling friends of mine this, if you want to do a comic book that's not superhero-related and breaks genres and does something different, you take it to Image. So, Tommy, with that, I'm going to let you go first. Well, one one that I really like, um, as you said, from Image, it's one of the older ones that hasn't been in published for a while, Dynamo 5. It's about the children of Captain Dynamo. Each one of them had a power each. There were five illegitimate children. 
um, you know, and their their fight to, you know, family struggles and to find out, you know, who they are and and fighting crime in their fictional city. It was a great book. Unfortunately, it never really had a real ending to it. It kind of just, you know, ended. We didn't find out what happened with whatever happened to Captain Dynamo or, you know, what was going on with the with the kids. Why, you know, did he cheat on his wife? Was he forced to, you know, into something? What what happened there? But it was a really great series. You read it, didn't you, Randy? Right. Well, what I remember about that. Now, was that Matt Faber who uh, wrote that? It was. Uh, Jay Faber. Jay Faber. The thing I remember about that book, um, which I thought was kind of a really weird concept, the kids were all assembled by Dynamo Man's wife. His wife, right. But she was not their mother. No, she um, was they, not the mother of any of them. So they were all illegitimate children. Yeah, there was five illegitimate children. She found out about them, and she's the one who assembled them because she suspected they had powers. Right, and each one of them had one of his one powers. One of his powers. He had he had five powers, and each one of them had... And I like the way that they, they did it, like how the jock didn't get super strength. Right. So no, it was I the little was girl great. who had uh, super yeah, strength. Yeah, the really right? tiny girl had, yeah. <laughs> had, had, uh, had super strength. And the jock, if I remember correctly, he had telepathy. Right. So, you know, you would think that would have been under, like, if that had been a Marvel comic, that would have been opposite. The jock would have right. had super strength and the girl would have had telepathy. Well, the thing I remember, too, um, I want to say that Jay brings up against their, their big bad enemy at the end of it. And when the book ended, he even said, this is not the end of Dynamo 5. There's still more of the story to be told. Mm-hmm. And we never got it. And we never got it because it ended in 2010 and we haven't had anything since right. going but, on 10 years. Yeah, that was a really great series. So I, I really... I'd love for him to finish it. You know, if he had more, more going on, and everything, the, I'd love for it to be finished. And the thing that was really great about it, I remember the family being very diverse. You mm-hmm. had the white jock. You had the African-American. I wasn't the little girl African-American with the super strength. Um, you had like the skinny nerd guy. So you looked at him and you're like, there's no way in hell these five kids would ever hang out. But they've been thrust together. Right, right. Yeah, they're, they're you know, high school kids, and they never like each other. Because the mother brings it together and says, listen, says, you all come from different worlds, different backgrounds, but you all share the same father, you know, my husband. And they're like, you know, Dynamo Man. And, th- and then you all see, like, it's funny because they all kind of knew about your abilities, but they were hiding them. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, you see, like, the light go off on all of them, like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was a great series. You know, definitely check out, you know, find your trade paperbacks. So you can get the back issues on the, on the cheap. They're not very expensive. I, I still have my original run. Oh, I do too. I have them all. You know, I, I need to dig them out and reread them because that was a great series. You know, even though I know I'm not going to, you know, really get it finished. I've actually been uh, on series like that that I've read the first the run of and I do want to reread them. I've just been going uh, and committing to trade paperback so I don't have to take them out the board and untape them yeah. and all that. All right, Enos, what do you got for me? In the infancy of, infancy of um, Image Comics, I've... I, I kind of like to like to dabble in a whole bunch of of some of those titles. The first initial run of Spawn uh, caught my eye because I, because I do love Todd McFarlane's art. You know, there was a big debacle. I ain't gonna say debacle. There was a debate on his Spider Man, and I'm sorry, but as good as his Spider Man was, it will never be what John Romita Seniors was. And I'll go on record again saying I did not care for his Spider Man. Right. Right, but I liked his Hulk. I liked every oh, just about yeah. everything else he's done. Oh, I did yeah. not like his Spider Man. But but nevertheless, um, I love the visuals and everything. The story the story did not get good until really after I stopped reading it. But I did enjoy um, Wildcats. I did enjoy Cyberforce, and my favorite character in there was uh, Ripclaw. Uh, yep, I remember Ripclaw, and um, he was like. He just imagine Wolverine if he didn't say he didn't say nothing. Wolverine talked, but this guy said little to nothing. And it was like people left him alone, but once they got to know him, he was a pretty good guy, but he was bad. He he was he he had hands that would turn into like buzzsaw blades. Mm-hmm. And um he and he took no prisoner. Striker was good. There was another one. Um, I can't remember all of them, but like um, with Wildcats, I loved Voodoo. Voodoo, now, uh, Voodoo's the one that came over in New 52. To the yes, scene yeah. the exotic dancer. She's half Damonite. Right. I actually, um, so if you go to um, our friend over at Gateway mm-hmm. on his second side, uh-huh. because, you know, he's got the two stores right, there. Right, right. He has a whole bunch of trade paperback from a store that he bought out. There's Voodoo Volumes 1 and 2 over there in trade. 
and he told me um, he's selling those things starting at five dollars because he has so many of the of the trades from those stores. Right. I almost picked them up because I don't have the original issues anymore, uh, but I had my eye on something else, which is why I didn't grab them. Ah. But and, I would say um, swing by there; he might still have them. And quite arguably, the best book that Image has put out from the from when they started that's still going strong. It was a great animated series, and it's still a good read. Savage Dragon. Oh yeah, that's been going. He's on about to hit. Um, in fact, that's actually a news article I just read. He Eric Larson's about to hit issue two fifty. Yeah, wow. so he's not far behind Todd. Tommy McFarlane, and and probably, if you really want to be honest, it's more of a solid book. As far as character I development, I, I read it in the beginning and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed and it. It was you know pretty solid book. Um, as far as characters, um, a, a firm storyline because like let's face it, when Spawn first came out, you was like, huh? <laughs> you were like, where is this going? Right. And and it took him and and it took McFarlane what four years to finally really find his footing, and put out a solid story right. where everyone could like, okay, this is where we're going. Well, here's the thing, too, um, and I'm glad you brought up Savage Dragon because that probably is one of the still best indie titles going. Um, the great thing about it is all those guys left Marvel. Um, God, now... I, I can tell you who they are. Yeah, thank you. I, um, Jim Rob, Lee. Uh, Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, Jim Valentino, Mark Silvestri, Wills Portacio, Eric Larson, Eric Larson. and, Tar- and er- um, Todd McFarlane. Okay, there you go. All those guys leave Marvel, and for some reason my, my brain just frazzled. I couldn't remember any of them. All of those guys went on to do other things away from the company they started. Mm-hmm. Jim Lee, most notably, is now you know at DC Comics. as Hi, like, He's the number two guy yeah, there. Yeah, number two guy behind Dan DiDito. And don't get me wrong, I love what Jim Lee's doing at DC. I think him and Dan DiDito finally got that company on the right track. Um, oh, they, those two are a very yes. big reason why, when you look at the top ten, six of them is DC. Right. Because New Fifty, let's face it, New Fifty Two kind of tanked, yeah. um, but with um, Rebirth, they set this, the ship right. Yeah. But out of all those guys, Eric Larson is still on this book he started with, and he hasn't left it. He hasn't done anything else. He's is, remained no, true he hasn't. to Savage Dragon, which is why Savage Dragon is still such a quality book. And might I add, when he left, he was on a solid run on Spider Man. Yes, he, yes was. he was. A solid run. Well, I mean, you know. Todd McFarlane had a good position yeah, yeah. there, as did as did uh, Rob. I don't all feet Lightfield. I mean, they all, all had. They took a chance. They took a big chance, and I mean, it paid off for them. And like, um, but but like, yeah, you're right. If anybody was the guy that didn't go anywhere and stayed home, so to speak, it's been Larson. Well, remember, they all went over with the vision of we're going to make our characters, we're going to own our characters, right. we're going to maintain creative ownership of them, and after you know. Half a decade, they got bored with them, and right. Eric's like, "No, I left Marvel. I burnt that bridge to do this, and I'm staying here." And, and it's paid off for him. But did they really burn that bridge? I mean, do you honestly think, for even a moment, if Todd McFarlane came to Marvel and said, "You know what? I'd like to come back," they're oh, going oh, to say no? Without a doubt, no, sure, without a doubt, they're not going to say no. Well, obviously, it left a bad taste in Jim Lee's mouth. <laughs> Cause, yeah, because yeah, he went for the other. He went uh, went yeah. to the competition. Right. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, Mark Silvestri, if he wants to come back to Marvel, they're gonna let him. Back. Probably, yeah. probably. Rob that, Liefeld, yeah, maybe not. But then you, know. you got any uh, independent titles or uh, you want to push? Uh, I mean, apart from Archie, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> didn't uh, wasn't like Char- Charleston Comics? Didn't they do a, like a bunch of war? And uh, yeah, like they yes, they did. Yes, they did. Titles. They yeah, actually I used to love all those. those I would of. argue they revamped the war um, genre and brought it back to popularity. Absolutely. I thought there were some some really good books I read from the Charlton line. Um, I didn't really like the war type books that were done by the the major like DC and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Marvel. The stuff that they did, I I really didn't like the war or soldier kind of stuff because that's what I was into when I was a kid. Was like right. plain army and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I thought some of those were some of the best, uh, like, army stories. Well, just because they were true um, war war stories. DC took it and added a ghost into the tank or had Jeb Stewart fighting World War II as a ghost. I'm like, why would you do this? Yeah, and and, and it's like, it wasn't wasn't intentional, but it was kind of like, if especially now, Madman, since you and I have served. Right, right. 
it's kind of like a slap in the face. What they put out was a slap in the face to anyone who served. Right. Charlton, um, and you're right, I had forgotten about their war books, but you want to know something else Charlton was great for, too? They were very underrated with their horror line. I, I was going to say, their horror stuff yeah. was fantastic. The the, the um, Ghostly 13, World of Dr. Graves. And it, it, I thought it was the 13 Ghosts of Dr. The, Graves. The 13 Ghosts of Dr. Graves. And um, there was a whole bunch of others. I cut my teeth on Charlton. My father, may he rest in peace. When I was growing up, remember back in the day they used to have like a pack of three comics? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you could get them for a certain price. That's how I got my exposure to the Phantom, Flash Gordon, and yeah. all of those other Charlton because it was DC and Marvel, and then there was Charlton. Yeah, and then there was a there was an independent. Uh, that's what I loved about those like those three packs is that right. you probably get one of each of the main main uh, DC and Marvel, and then an independent. If right. it wasn't Charlton, it was guaranteed to be Gold Key yeah. or Star Trek. Well, well, no, or it wasn't. Dell, or Dell. Here, here Dell, was Dell, that's right, no, Dell. Now, here's the problem. If it, if you saw the Marvel book on one side and the DC book on the other side, you knew you were getting a little Lulu or a yeah. Catholic. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. One. You had to have... Oh, hot stuff. You, you had to have the Gold <laughs> Key or the Charlton as one of the two pictured books. Right. <laughs> because that's when you would see the the hard title or the Star Trek title. Then you knew you was getting a good one. If you didn't see that as one of the two facing out, you knew you was getting humped on that inside book. Yeah. And there's listeners out there right now who are going, I remember those. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, you, you'd you always like, I don't want this. Every, <laughs> every once in a while, you get lucky, and that one in the middle would be an Archie. You're like, okay, I can live yeah. with Archie. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I loved Archie, too. But what fueled my fire wasn't wasn't the comic. It was the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and Madman, trust me, if if you don't have them, get them. That If that is... The best, one of the best cartoons during the late '60s and '70s, growing up, yeah. because there, it was just, it was great. But um, Reggie, you'd never guess who Reggie was voiced by. Right. Well, hush, okay. I got my book to go. We'll get back. Go we'll do your Archie retrospect one of these days. Yeah, yeah, we'll save it for an Archie day. Yeah. So my indie book, and I will actually say this is probably one of the best superhero books that was ever put out. Um, came out from Image. The character first appeared in a book called Tech Jacket Number One back in 2002, and then got his own series in 2003, which is Invincible. Mm. Oh yeah, that was a good book. I've heard a lot about that. I haven't read it, but I've heard many, many good things about it. Fantastic run. The thing that I really love about it is it was almost tongue in cheek, and it like poked fun at the superhero genre while telling a superhero story, Mm -hmm. because um, Invincible is actually Mark Grayson, who is the son of Omni Man. Omni-Man is basically their Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells uh, his son, Mark, he says, so Mark, I have to tell you, you know, he basically tells a story how he's from outer space and they come from this benevolent race and they're like a superior species and he came to Earth, fell in love with his mom, couldn't go back. And uh, all Mark says is like, I'm going to be able to fly? Cool. <laughs> all right? So the way he really tells the story is very Superman-like. You know, he comes from a superior race here for the betterment of mankind, what have you. And then, like, Six issues later, you find out, no, that ain't it at all. No, <laughs> and, that, and that was what made it great. They are like, a conquering the race, serious, and they were there to prepare Earth for their takeover, and Omni-Man decided he couldn't do it. He fell in love with his, his wife. Um, but what was really great was some of the names of them. So, like, <laughs> Omni-Man came from a race called Viltramite, all right? Um, and they had such um, characters like Mark as Invincible meets basically what's called Teen Team. Um, with characters like Robot and Rexplode. Rexplode, you got to love that name. Oh, my God. Um, Adam Eve and Duplicate Kate. So, like, Duplicate. Um, <laughs> and their base was, like, in the bottom of, like, what, Golden Gate Bridge or something, something like, like that, that, right? Um, but then they also had their version of the Justice League, which was the Guardians of the Globe, uh, which I remember Immortal Man was one of them. Mm. Um, so... You have that whole thing. Then they had these really great villains for like uh, you had these guys called the Model Twins, who were like super brainy scientists, but they were like uh, blue versions of the Hulk. Hmm. You know, they were both they were they were both huge, both extra strong. The great thing that was really uh, cool about them is they were so super smart that one of them cloned himself, but they constantly argued over who was the original and who was the clone. Oh, you gotta love that. <laughs> That's a great concept. Um, so. It, they went for 144 issues. Now, they did wrap it up, I think, in like 2017. 
Um, but there's a lot, a lot of great stories in it. And when it actually gets down to the war um, with Omni-Man revealing why he's actually there, it gets bloody. I mean, they don't hold anything back. It, it takes a superhero comic and goes right off the rails because you're seeing, like, dismemberment. You're seeing rims being lipped off. And you're like, damn. Mm. They actually introduced this character, which I really love. He plays a central character throughout the entire series, was Alan the Alien. <laughs> Alan the Alien. <laughs> What's really great is uh, he's an alien. He has one eye. And every year, he shows up on Earth to battle their champion to make sure that they you know, can defend themselves. Well, for years, it's been Omni-Man. And all of a sudden, you realize that he's got a problem. He's busy on this mission, and it's time for Alan the Alien's annual visit. So he tells Mark, listen, you got to go to space. you got to bike this guy. Only that's for a few minutes, and then he'll leave, right? Like, oh, okay, sure. So he beats this guy up. And then you find out that Alan the Alien speaks through telepathy. So at one point, Mark's just like, why are we beating each other up? Why don't you just tell me what you want? He goes, you mean talk? Well, that's a new concept. So, they <laughs> <laughs> so then he goes home, and he tells Ani, man, oh, yeah, I just sat down and talked to him. I'm like, you, you talked to him, and, and that worked? Um, and what's really great is later on, you find out, as he's talking to Alan the Alien, he's at the wrong planet. He's at Earth. He's actually supposed to be visiting Earth. U-A-R-T-H. He goes, oh, this is a mess. I have to go back and report this. Oh, I hope I'm not going to get fired type of thing. <laughs> and then later on, he shows up that Warren Marks. says, by the way, I'm here to tell you, um, there's this race on, um, to conquer all these other planets. You've got a Viltrumite living among you. You're like, Oh, yeah, I know. It's my dad. And Alan's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts. So, yeah, Invincible. They have them in hardcover. They have them in trade paperback. If you haven't read it, go out and get it. It's probably easily one of the best superhero comics out there. And it's not done by DC or Marvel. Yeah. Tommy, what do you got? I have been digging the Archie miniseries that they've had coming out. Um, you know, Archie meets Batman 66 was a really great one. It was very, you know, the Bat villains go to Riverdale to take over there because they can't take over Gotham. And of course, Bat, you know, the Adam West version of Batman and the Dick, you know, and the you show up to, to battle them. Really campy, really fun, you know, really match, you know, match the tone of the TV series and everything. Would strongly recommend checking it out. It is in trade paperback now. It was a lot of fun. Um, also, uh, the uh, Jughead, the Hunger versus Vampironica was fantastic. Yeah, it was a little little thing where it goes from universe to universe, um, where the vampires take over, come over to Jughead's werewolf universe and fight, and ends with with uh, the good guys winning and Vampironica going home to set up her new series. Good stuff. Which, by the way, guys. Um Vampironica New Breed issue one came out today. Yeah, I need to check that out because this was a great series. It was fun when in the, one of the early episodes of that uh, issues of that when uh, you know Pop gets turned into a, a vampire. Yes. Uh, so I've only got the first two issues of Vampironica. I need to go to the Archie's website and get the rest of them. Yeah. And while you're there, guys, I implore you pick up volume one of um, Afterlife with Archie. Yeah, I need to check that out, too, because that's supposed to be really good. That's a great book. I let Madman borrow that one, and he was like, this yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one I, one I need to check out. Another great one that's going on right now, and it, you know, it's apparently still going to be going on for a little while because there's solicitations oh, for January and February, is Betty and Mar Veronica meet Red Sonia and Vampirella. That's, that's been fantastic. <laughs> I got I to gotta tell you, the title sounds stupid as hell. I know, I know. And then you read it, and you're like... Damn, this is actually really good. <laughs> yeah, Va uh, Vampirella and Red Sonia show up in Riverdale, and you know, there's killings that have been going on, and we find out it's an ancient cult. Um, what were they called again? I can't remember. I, I can't remember. I can't remember. It turns out that Red Sonia and Vampirella are hunting them down. Are hunting them down, and they and that, that's why they end up in Riverdale, and they end up befriending um, Betty, Betty and Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> yeah, Archie only shows up in like one episode. Oh yeah, the guys play yeah. no part in this yeah, at all. No part in it at all. <laughs> and they're after these uh, the the. The aliens are after specific people with like a specific blood type and everything. Right. Oh, that's oh, right. It's a whole cult. A whole cult after people well, with a specific blood type. Well, what's really great is they have to try and find a way to channel Red Sonja's anger. Um, so she ends up playing football. Yeah. Plays <laughs> <laughs> on the football team. Starts on the football team. Excellent series. Definitely you guys need to check that out. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it is an ongoing because they've wrapped up that story. Yeah, they and, wrapped up that story and it looks, you know, there's solicitations for January and February. So apparently fact, that's going to be an ongoing. The first trade's probably going to come out soon because. If it's the, not already. Yeah, because the first arc went the first five issues. So. Yeah. Red Sonja and Vampirilla meet Betty and Veronica. Pick it up, Excellent guys. book. Check it out. Uh, Enos, what do you got for indies? Um, Actually, I have not read this, but I have read up on it. There's a book by Image called Chew. Chew. Yeah, <laughs> I've read about this too. It's. It's about, I think the guy is a detective or a private investigator that he has this ability 
to solve crimes, but what he does, if he wants to find out something, if there's a dead body at the scene, he takes a bite out of the person and he's able to find oh, no. out. Go ahead. And, and he's able to find out exactly, you know, where they were, you know, last things they saw, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I ain't trying to, get, to look at nothing crazy, but it's very interesting. Part of it, too, is he has to eat dead birds. Dead, yeah. And in this series, um, uh, poultry's outlawed because, I guess, uh, bird flus. So yeah, and it's a really weird concept. But, yes, exactly what it is. He gets these visions from eating the flesh of, of the dead. Wow. And I'm like, wow, how Weird. disturbed yeah. were you to make that book? Who did Sounds a little bit like, um, kind of like iZombie, too. Or right. at least the TV version of it. I don't know what the comic book version's about. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I used to really love that TV show. Mm. Oh, yeah, I need to watch the final season. Because I haven't done it yet. Rose McIver, who played um, Liz in that, or uh, Liv, Liv, Liv um, was such a great actress. The way she took on the personalities of each person that she ate in that was really good. I love, one of the things that I love <laughs> are some of the names, some of the punny names. Like, she was a zombie and her name was Liv Moore. Right. True. And, and, you know, her, you know, her, Ex-boyfriend was Major Lily White, right? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. That's a that's actually a Vertigo title, right? I it was, yeah, yes. it was was a Vertigo title. Which, uh, and I will say, even though Vertigo is uh, an imprint of DC, it still counts as an indie. They have some really great stuff. Um, what is um, Fables was a Vertigo book, and you must check out the Sandman. Oh, and, yeah. and Sandman, Sandman really was amazing. I have picked up uh, uh, Nocturnes and Dreamscapes, Volume 1. Just volume haven't, one. haven't read it yet. Yeah, you de- definitely read it. That that story was amazing. Well, also, coming out of that Sandman universe, and you can find this in trade, Death the to High, high cost, cost of Living, living. is yeah. a fantastic story. Not to Jill Thompson, who does the art. and did the, did She wrote that, too, didn't she? I believe so. Yeah, Sandman's supposed to be coming out on Netflix at some point in time. Yes. I don't remember. I'm and looking forward to that. E- and also, even though they did mesh a little bit with DC Universe. We cannot forget Milestone. Yes, Milestone, absolutely. Yeah, Milestone, um, um, absolutely. I, I just can't... Well, I hope they do it soon. They do something with Icon. Icon needs to be brought back. Yeah, yes. uh, because I think I think out of all of them, but other than Static, that was Dwayne McDuffie's baby. Well, Static was brought into the DCU right. as one of the main... So, mm-hmm. yeah, they need to bring Icon in. Yeah. I think they've done some crossover with him and Superman. Well, they had bought in over. They had bought they into did. Milestone Universe through in the... In, one run of the Justin League, Justice League before. And they also, an icon made an appearance on Young Justice. Right, in exactly. In the of the Young Justice animated series. A very underrated animated series, might I add. Good stuff. So, any one that I have, and I was just talking to Tommy about this earlier today, um, and I haven't read this one, and I've heard a lot of good things about it, and since we were doing Independence uh, this week, I told myself, I'm just going to go ahead and commit to the first trade paperback um, by Matt Fraction and... Chip Zardowski, um, Sex Criminals over at Image Comics. Uh, if you're not familiar with this uh, premise, this is actually just kind of out there, but at the same time, as you know, it's going to uh, be great for uh, just a funny value. Um, apparently, it's two characters, um, Susie and John, who have discovered that when they <clears throat> orgasm together, they can freeze time. And so, what do they do with that? They start robbing banks. So, the apparently... This is where it starts. Then they find out there's actually a whole police force with the same power. <laughs> oh. That comes after him. I'm thinking, so let me see if I have this right. <laughs> In order for me to That's bust you. Weird society. I, right, exactly. So it's I supposed to get my groove on. Right. It's, uh, and I think this is actually still going. I know volume one and volume two is out. I believe it's still being released. That's the only problem with image is if you love a book, don't get attached to it because you never know when the writer and the uh, artists are going to fall behind schedule or something's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, Sex Criminals from Image Comics, also another great one. Madman, you got another one? Uh, yeah, I think I blew my wad on the okay. Charlton thing. Because I have another one here, one that I really love. Um, it is not by Image. It is over by Boom Studios, written by Mark Wade. Um, this um, is actually done, I believe, it uh, started in 2009, and he wrapped it up in uh, 2002. Only went three years, but that was irredeemable. I've heard about it, too. That is a great book. I actually still have my original one of these. I should get them in trade or, or let you guys borrow the series because it's actually ended up being two of them. So the whole uh, premise behind Irredeemable is you have a superhero named the Plutonian, which I, I hate that name. Okay. Uh, but I, When I hear that, I think, 1.21 gigawatts. Right. Uh, but apparently, this is a, the, the whole premise of he is their Superman in this universe. 
and he loses his cool and takes over. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, so it is the whole classic, what happens if the, the world's most powerful superhero decides that he's done with this whole protecting thing? Um, but what's really great about it is about midway through, uh, he introduces another book called Incorruptible. Right. And Incorruptible was Plutonian's lifelong enemy, Max Damage, who now sees Plutonian has gone bad and he's like well damn it someone needs to stand up to this guy and the role reversal happens and he becomes a hero that's pretty cool they're both like actually that. excellent books so you can fight those in trade irredeemable and incorruptible i hardly uh strongly suggest you pick them up i really like them yeah that's they both sound very interesting and it's mark wade so you know it's going to be right good. So it's oh, going to yeah. be good oh yeah tommy you got anything um, for there for a while, I would love to. Uh, did like me some Valiant comics. I'm not reading them now, but Valiant was a great publisher. Uh, Exo Man of War, Turok Dinosaur Hunter. I read both of those for a while. I'm actually glad you mentioned that. Um, and I wanted to, and I forgot about it. I I don't like the current Valiant. Yeah, I love the Valiant of the '90s when Jim Shooter was running it. See, I was not. I, I read a little bit in the '90s when I was reading Exo Man of War. It was like in the late uh, 2000s. I, I picked up. That would have been a claim. Yeah. No, it was. It was back to Valiant. It was right after they came back okay. to Valiant, and it was. It was good stuff. You know, he was. Uh, he was a former Visigoth from uh, from Rome, right? And was taken into space, and he got the armor. And you know, of course, time went by differently. So by the time he got back to Earth, it was modern day. So it was a good story. So I'm not going to diss the current Valiant because I do understand they are doing some really good stuff right now. A lot of people said they are kind of back to their old form. But if you want some really, really awesome comics, read all the 90s Valiant stuff, Exo Man of War, Shadow Man, Archer and Armstrong, um, Eternal Warrior, because Jim Shooter had a vision. Uh, and even Solar, Man of the Atom, the, the first... Uh, um, reboot of Solar was over at Valiant. Right. Um, first time he's been published since Gold Key days. Uh, he had a vision. They all started in their the same universe. They all were um, different storylines, but everything was converging towards this one thing called Unity, which right. was going to be their version of Crisis. Mm -hmm. It was a fa I mean, the creative control there and the direction that he had was fantastic. And then the claim came in and bought him, and they immediately outed him, and they all went right down the tubes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. That you know, once once uh, shooter was gone, that was that. Yep, absolutely. That's I got I got two that I mentioned briefly that was done by one particular artist. The first one was by First Comics, and that was John Sable Freelance. Freelance, Mike mm -hmm. Grell, uh, Mike Grell, and Mike Grell also did Shaman's Tears for. Oh um, yes, yeah, that, was that was excellent. That was, oh, fan. If, was if I remember correctly, that really didn't get a resolution either because mm -hmm. didn't they get an image drop him before he could finish it? Well, uh, again, remember, with Image, um, a lot of that is self-funded. So yeah. if it's not there, because a lot of these things, there was no Kickstarters back then either. Yeah. No. Yeah, that was fantastic. I have uh, like the, the, that pretty much that entire series. Well, and remember, Mike Grell had already proven himself with the whole Warlord series during the 70s and 80s. And Green Arrow, and, don't forget. And Green, Green Arrow. Green Arrow and Superborn, the Legion of Superheroes. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, Grell was an and excellent one. And he also did some art on some of those Batmans that you've been showing us. Yes, he us. did. I love Mike Grell. He was fantastic. All right, so that is all the time we have for this week. I want to thank everybody for joining in. I want to give you those three magic words of the Internet. Like, share, and subscribe. Love to hear from you. Um, we got our sister shows. Remember, Mad Men does Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. Um, our buddies Kevin and Troy have ComicsOnline.com podcast Monday from 9.30 to 10.30. I don't know why I have that on my notes here. Anyway, <laughs> again, Facebook.com slash Lost in a Long Box. Love to hear from you there. Lost in a Long Box at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon account. Um, if you could throw us a little love, we'd like that. Patreon.com slash Lost in a Long Box. And we got our sister groups that Enos runs over here. Batman, Yesterday, Today, and Forever. The Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture. Hey, how many, are we over 1,000 members on that Batman page yet? Yes. I was just oh, about to 1,100. Nice. I, I can tell you what, my uh, email has been blowing up with members for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, and then gather together the greatest superhero teams. Um, until next time, we're going to be down here and we're realizing that the whole time we were arguing, who would you have, Betty or Veronica? Betty had Veronica. Why, Enos? Because we're lost in the law. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.